In the past few years, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has introduced a number of new payment models for reimbursing physicians under Medicare, and more are coming. As these models expand, more patients will be treated by various providers who are participating in different payment models. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Robert Mechanic, a senior fellow at the Heller School for Social Policy and Management at Brandeis University. Professor Mechanic has written a perspective article about how overlapping payment models can shift costs and savings between programs. Professor Mechanic, one of the models you highlight in your article is bundled payment. And in fact, Medicare's mandatory bundled payment program for joint replacement just went into effect. Why was joint replacement chosen for this mandatory program, and how's the program being received? Well, the joint replacement was selected because it's probably the easiest program to put into a bundled format. The reason being that it's generally an elective procedure. The hospital is able to identify the patient beforehand and knows who they should manage. There is less variation in the cost of a joint replacement bundle than there would be with something like chronic conditions, congestive heart failure, or COPD. So this was Medicare's first mandatory bundle, and so they picked essentially the most straightforward, easy bundle to get started with because it was going to be mandatory. So looking at the issue of overlapping models, you write in your article that when patients who are attributed to an accountable care organization are treated by providers who are participating in a bundled payment program, it's the bundle participant who maintains financial responsibility for the episode. Have there been complaints from ACOs about the effect of that arrangement on the savings they might get? Yeah, the ACOs have been very, very nervous about this for a variety of reasons. The first is it's hard to model exactly what the impact is because the ACOs don't have all of the information. There are public data available to show you who are bundling, but you don't have a sense of how many cases they're bundling or what their target prices are. And so ACOs are nervous for a variety of reasons. The first issue, of course, is who gets to earn the savings. And the ACOs, many of them have been doing this since well before the bundle payment started. So they're concerned that the investments they're making and the programs that they have in place to reduce costs would then not benefit them but benefit somebody else. The second issue is, as it turns out, the way that they account for shifting the gain or loss is tied to the bundle provider's target price. So let's say, for example, there's a bundled payment participant that has 100 cases, and 20% of those cases are ACO patients. The target price for the bundled payment provider is based on the historical cost for all 100 patients. If the ACO is a highly efficient ACO and has been managing its patients actively, you're taking its 20% of patients and you're mixing it in with 80 patients who may be completely unmanaged, and their costs may be very different. So for an expensive bundler that overlaps with a more efficient ACO, that difference in price, they're getting the average from the bundler. So it may actually raise the cost when it's put into the reconciliation. And that can be a bigger issue than the potential loss of savings. And the reason also that it's important is that the ACO providers have something called a minimum savings rate, which varies based on the size of the ACO. But if an ACO has a 2% minimum savings rate, what it means is they have to hit at least 2% before they get credit for shared savings. 
And if they're at 2.1%, they could earn savings, which would be equal to 2.1%. But if they have some losses due to bundles, they go down to 1.9%, they'd lose their entire shared savings opportunity. Now, it works in the opposite direction as well. So a very expensive ACO could use less expensive bundle providers and would actually find its costs go down and potentially improving its shared savings. But the point is that it increases the uncertainty and the unpredictability of what's actually going to happen in the financial reconciliation. Given that, has CMS indicated that it plans to change its policies for patients who are treated by providers who are in different payment models? Well, I know there's been a lot of talk of this issue in CMS, and many of the staff members, they're aware, they're concerned, but thus far there have been no explicit policies or no explicit plans announced to change this. Now, for the people more interested in bundled payment, they would be concerned about losing the cases because one of the challenges of bundle payment is with a smaller number of cases, there can be a a great deal of variation in the quarter-to-quarter or year-to-year average actual spending. So there's a lot of random variation that's linked to the comorbidities and the condition of the patients, and it depends on when the patient shows up. And so the bundlers are concerned that if they lose a number of their cases, their prices will be more volatile, their actual experience will be more volatile, and their life will become more unpredictable. So CMS has to consider how they're going to balance both of those considerations. Do you expect these sorts of collisions between payment models to happen more often when the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act is fully implemented? Well, they absolutely have to happen more often because, you know, as you know, CMS recently announced that they had hit their 30% target of moving traditional Medicare fee-for-service spending into alternative payment models. They have a goal now of 50%, which they are trying to hit by 2018. And as you know, also, the macro legislation calls for new physician-focused payment models. They've set up a commission to advise CMS on new physician payment models. So the more you proliferate models, the more there is this potential for overlap and the effects are going to get bigger and bigger. And so CMS is going to have to come up with some more explicit policies because otherwise there's going to be a fair amount of consternation among all the APM participants. You suggest in your article that CMS should encourage collaboration between entities that are participating in different payment models. So in your mind, what would such a combined or collaborative approach look like? Well, I think different people have different ideas. Right now, the what I'll call the transfer pricing between a bundle and an ACO, it's essentially it's an administered price. And what would be more of a collaboration is if we could have negotiated arrangements between the bundle payment provider and the ACO. I think from the ACO's perspective, they would want to look at the historical costs of their own patients that receive those bundled services, and then they'd want to sit with the bundle providers and say, okay, you know, if you can reduce the cost and improve the quality for our patients, not all the patients you provide, but for the ACO patients, we will share in the gains with you. And I think the ACOs would be much more comfortable with that. The question is, you know, do you make the bundle payment providers come and negotiate with the ACOs, or do the ACOs have to go to the bundle payment providers? And right now, in order to have a collaboration, they would have to go to the bundle payment providers. As I've said in the article, my first choice would be to keep the patients in the ACO construct, so not carve them out to bundles unless the bundlers sign an explicit arrangement with the ACOs. The reason that I believe that 
I think that we should be focusing more on the population-based payment programs where they're not just responsible for the patient for 90 days, they're responsible for the entire year. And they have incentives to reduce hospitalizations where currently under the bundles, there has to be a hospitalization in order for a patient to be in a bundle. So for that reason, I favor giving the precedence to the ACOs. The bundle payment providers would say, well, you know, we are, number one, we take risk. Number two, CMS gets guaranteed savings. And for those reasons, because most of the ACOs are still on a upside only, a one-sided shared savings model, we're taking a risk. We're giving a guaranteed return to the government, so we should have precedence. So that's how the argument's falling out. Finally, are these conflicts generally happening at the organizational level only, or do overlapping payment systems pose issues for individual physicians as well? Well, the way that this would be transferred down to individual physicians is it depends on how the organizations then transfer the gains or losses, what their incentive compensation models are with the physicians. So it could well, in fact, complicate life for individual physicians. It certainly complicates life for the organizations in trying to figure out how do you create an incentive structure that really reflects what the physician is doing and not some of this random noise that gets created by the model overlaps. I think it's in our best interest to find a way to bring these programs into alignment. And Steve, as you suggested earlier, the issue of having bundles inside of an ACO, I think actually makes a lot of sense. There are a number of ACOs that have either been enrolled in the mandatory bundle program or they've been part of the actually much larger voluntary bundle payment for care improvement. And, you know, those ACOs now, what they're doing by bringing it into their system is they are creating a mechanism to work with specialists more closely, to engage specialists in the process of not only quality improvement, but improving efficiency. Overall, I think that's where we have to start to move to is find a way to bring these incentives, which are heavily specialist focused, inside an organization, which at the heart of it has a whole population focus. Thank you, Professor Mechanic.